Matthew, look at Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to preach today on um, the name of Jesus at Christmas time. You know, we use the name of Jesus every day when we pray. We pray in his name. We're very aware of his name. We believers don't have to be reminded. Now, don't forget the reason for the season. We got it. We we, praise the Lord. But um, we we understand all that. But at the same time, there's so much in the scripture about his name, especially at Christmas time. And the Bible seems to put an emphasis on his name and his names and what all his name means. Amen. And um, so I, I thought of this. The idea for this message is that any name that you can find about Jesus, you can depend on that for your needs and depend on that for your life and depend on that for your encouragement and for your peace. Amen. And of course, you know, we've done messages on the, all the redemptive names of God and, and, uh, those things, uh, you know, El Shaddai and, and uh, all the Jehovah names, amen. That refers to Jesus also, Jehovah Jireh, and and um, and all the the names that go with that. Uh, that's another message. It's a great one. Praise the Lord. We should preach that. But this is about what the angel said and what the word says, and the prophet eventually, the prophet Isaiah, what he said about what the name of Jesus means and what it will be. Amen. And so we talk about the reason for the season. It's beyond, well, the birth of our Savior, the book, the, you know, the birth of the little baby Jesus in the, in, in the, in the, uh, in the manger. The little drummer boy is not in the Bible, just so you know. Uh, uh, even though we appreciate drummers, amen, uh, amen, but, uh, brother Jeff's a drummer, you know, we appreciate drummers. But the little drummer boy is not, you know, one of the three, didn't come with the three kings or any of that. But there was a, there's a joke about the little drummer boy that Pastor Dan told me, uh, just a couple of nights ago. And that is that, uh, you know, here's Mary and she's, she's suffered the pain of childbirth and has given birth and worked hard and have this baby and all she wants to do is sleep peacefully through the night. And this kid shows up with a snare drum around his neck and two sticks and wants to do a drum solo. And anyway, that's just kind of, you, you kind of have to have a far side, you know, dark sense of humor to see the humor in that. And she's like, okay, do your song for Jesus, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if the little drummer boy story bothers you, it's because you're religious, because you, you, you actually thought the little drummer boy was in the Bible. <laughs> okay. Woo. Off, starting off with a bang. Um, sometimes I think that, uh, in, through the years of my preaching, I'm always happy to count how many people in the crowd I didn't offend. Not how many I did offend. Well, there was that one lady that looked like she wasn't offended, you know. You say, well, she doesn't speak English. She didn't know what you said. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, Matthew 1. Let's re- dig in here at verse 18 and see if we can learn something today. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his, as his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son. And now here we get into the naming and what the name means. Amen. He shall, she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Praise God. Everybody say that name, Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. So you could say that Jesus is synonymous with, uh, the, Word, Savior. Amen. So when we say, Jesus, help me, we're really saying, Savior, help me, or Savior, save me. You know that he's not just your Savior uh, when you uh, make him Lord of your life that first time that you maybe answered an altar call, or maybe you just prayed where you were, and you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And we think of him being our Savior at that moment. He saved us from hell. He saved us from sin. He saved us from the curse of the law and redeemed us from those things. Isn't that beautiful? But every time we say his name, we are also saying Savior. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? What does Jesus mean? What is the meaning of his name? It's Savior. Hallelujah. He's the Savior and the only Savior and the only name given under heaven whereby people can be saved. Now, you wouldn't believe that we have come to a time in the history of the church where that might offend somebody, saying that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And to say, well, what about all the other people that that uh, don't believe that? Well, what about them? They have a choice. And the, the Bible tells us clearly, I'm going to just get old time here on you, but the Bible says clearly, Mark 16, he that believes that is baptized shall be saved, he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, I don't know what damned means to you, but I don't think I want to be damned by God. You know, getting cussed out by your neighbor might be one thing, but getting cussed out by God is a whole other thing. In other words, a curse. We say cuss, but it's really cursing. Uh, you're, you're, you're issuing a curse, and here is a curse on all those that aren't saved, uh, haven't accepted Jesus or a, a believe on him as their Lord and Savior. Amen? As, uh, I had a lady sit by, beside me one time on a flight uh, out of uh, Fort Lauderdale, I think, or Palm Beach or somewhere down there. And, and uh, she got on the plane, and she sat next to me, and she says, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm at that time, I said, I'm an evangelist. And she said, oh, you're not one of those people that believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven, are you? And I said, guilty as charged. And she got mad at me and turned her head and wouldn't talk to me for, you know, a while. And then she turned back around and she said, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude, but I just think that's so narrow-minded. And I said, you know what? I agree with you. I think it's very narrow-minded. 
but it's not my mind that brought it up. I said, I didn't write the Bible. No, I said, think about it. I'm a follower of Jesus and a follower of the Father God and a follower of the Holy Word. And shouldn't I believe in what I follow? And she says, well, you got a point there. Amen. So, you know, we don't have to be ashamed of the gospel or take the blame for it. If somebody gets mad at it, say, fine, look, don't take it personal. They're not mad. Did you write it? No. Did you come up with the salvation plan? No. Did you make it the straight and narrow way to believe? No. So, praise God, we're not to blame for anything. You get mad at the church, get mad. Praise God. You can get over it. You can get, my, my daddy used to say to me, you can get glad as fast as you got mad, you know. I don't care that it offends people. Uh, it's sad for them, but I still believe that there is so much power in the word and power in the gospel that even if you make someone mad with it, that you have still planted the seed. They have heard the good news and Perhaps later they, they'll come back around. Maybe it'll take 30 years, but at least you planted that seed. And so never be ashamed to share your faith. Never be ashamed of, of Jesus. And you don't have to apologize for it or try to take the blame for it. Amen. We don't take the blame or the credit. <laughs> it all goes on God, and God's big enough to take it. Trust me. How many believe he's might might be a little more mature than some of us, just slightly, just a, a scotch. So praise the Lord. I don't know, I'm all fired up today. But it's the truth. And so his very name means Savior. He's saving his people. So you know what? Whatever you need saving from, he will save you. He'll save you from sickness. He'll save you from lack. He'll save you from failure. He'll save you from darkness. He'll save you from depression. He'll save you from fear. He'll save you from losing your mind over what you're witnessing in your life. Praise the Lord. So there's a reminder of his name at Christmas. His name is Jesus, and it means Savior. Now, look at verse 22. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now we have another name of, of, for Jesus, for the baby, and that is Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. So, when you say the name of Jesus or you say Emmanuel, you could, I mean, we don't use that term a lot except for at Christmas, but you could actually pray that and, 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 and have a relationship on that basis that when I'm praying to the Father in the name of Jesus and I'm communicating with the Father in his name and by the Holy Spirit, that I am communicating with uh, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Hallelujah. So he's not just in heaven and you're down here in the dirt and you're crying out and he, you know, he's hearing you and, you know, everybody loves that illustration of the angels with the message and being withheld and everything. Well, that's a different deal because, uh, the old covenant relationship with God was not God with us, was not God in us. Amen. Jesus came 
to be God with us. And when he said, well, I'm going to leave, but when I get there, I'm going to pray that the Father would send a comforter, another comforter, to you that he will live and abide with you forever because he's not just beside us, he's in us. So God is with people say, I just feel like God's a million miles away from, from me. Well, I know it can feel that way and it can seem that way, but you need to get used to the fact that, um, that he's inside of you. He's with you. He's with you when you're happy. He's with you when you're mad. He's with you when you're ugly. He's, you know, come on. It doesn't matter. He's with you when you just committed the worst thing you've ever done. He's still with you. He doesn't turn his back and forsake you and say, screw you, forget you. He doesn't do that. That's not the spirit of Christ. That's not God. You know, he's, he's with, he is with us all the time. And he's there. And, you know, if we mess up, just admit it and, and, and receive his redeeming forgiveness and his love. Amen. And let the blood of Jesus wash it all away and get over yourself. You know, you ain't all that bad. Sound like a bunch of prisoners sitting around. What are you in for? <laughs> you know. What are you in for? Well, you know, I got sideways with something and, you know, so then, you know, it's, they, they're comparing how bad somebody is. And then you got bad, bad Leroy Brown, the baddest man in the whole blip town. And sometimes our prayer sounds like we're singing the bad, bad Leroy Brown song. And, uh, and, and, uh, but God's with you. Hallelujah. You're not impressing Him with your big, bad, ugly sin. Are you, are you follow that? So we shouldn't be impressed with it ourselves, you know. We used to have, you know, back in the day, growing up in church, you'd have some dude in that had been in prison and had done all manner of evil. And the testimony, and they talked about an hour about all the horrible things they did. And some of it sounded a little enticing to a teenager. And then they spend five minutes, but then I found Jesus and now it's all better. But you know, it was like the testimony was more about how horrible they were than about how redeeming Christ. Has anybody experienced one of those? Has to sit through one of those services? And it's like, I learned, I learned all kinds of evil in the world from listening to those tests. I didn't even know. I was, I was kind of sheltered. And my parents didn't talk like that. And then you have some guest minister in and he tells you about, you know, running drugs up the East Coast or something else and how many people he'd shot and, how you know, all this and all the women he'd picked up and the drugs and the alcohol and the thing. By the end of it, you were like, my God, you know, like your hair was blown back and your eyes are bugging out. And you're thinking, I don't know, we should eat with that guy after service, you know. He knows a guy that knows a guy, you know, one of those. He might be the guy. I don't know. <laughs> Are y'all getting anything out of this? I'm, I'm, I'm shocked you come back every week. All right. <laughs> kind of a, there's a miracle right there. 
Where were we? Oh, yeah, Emmanuel. God with us. He is with us. He's always with you. And you don't have to feel His presence to know that He's there. Take the Word. Take God's Word at face value. Hallelujah. If you have a warranty on a new product that you've bought, you don't necessarily feel all warm and fuzzy about it. But there's the paper. And you call the 800 number and you say, your thing I bought broke. Well, what's the warranty number? And you give it to them. Okay, I don't care if I feel warm and fuzzy about it or not. The fact is that it works. God's Word works. God's Word works. You can take it to the bank, so to speak. You can depend on it. Get used to believing the Word above your feelings. Well, I just don't feel like I did from that Sunday night when I really prayed through. Well, pray through again. It sounds like you need a second dip or something. I don't know. You know, we used to be in churches where folks were so addicted to what they felt that I had a, an idea. I told my dad, let's, let's design hidden electric buzzers in the pews seats and, you know, right under where a person sits and have a, have somebody with a little footboard. And if somebody looks like they're about ready to leave the church because they're not feeling something, you press that button and zap them. Whoa! What was that? Well, that, that was a special touch. Well, I guess I'll come back next week. I felt something at church. We can, we can devise ways that you feel things. You can buy chasers now on uh, Amazon. We could get uh, Whit back there to watch and anybody looks like they're a little bored, you just tase them a little. <clears throat> Wow, what was that? Well, that was something special. Praise the Lord for all the the feelers. First church of the feelers. Got to feel something. We'll help you feel something. No worries. We have ways. How about a frying pan in the back of the head? That would... Something you'd feel, right? You'd feel that. We got a baseball bat in the back. I don't know. Verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took him unto his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus according to the instructions of the Lord. Amen. Well, that, does that help you? Those names are useful to us, aren't they? Yes. Now look at Isaiah 9, 6. Now we have pieces of this scripture uh, on, the, uh, on the wall there that we hang the banners that we inherited from the Lutherans, but I like them. At Christmas time they remind us, amen? Yes. And it says, uh, verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Uh, now, if, you, if you've heard Handel's Messiah performed, you know that these are lyrics right out, of, right out of the Word. Amen. And it's very powerful to hear that sung. Um, if you 
you know, have a, a choir or whatever you can hear singing that. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Praise God for that. And his name shall be called, don't, uh, don't upset anybody. Is that part of it? <laughs> his name shall be called wonderful. So if you need something wonderful to happen to you today, you've got it here in the name of Jesus. Because his name is wonderful. His name is Jesus, but his name is also wonderful. Counselor is the next one. See, on the wall. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. The mighty God. Um, so he's your counselor. How many need direction at this time? How many need the Lord to tell them what to do about everything? We pray about everything and listen for the Lord to talk to us from the word, number one, but number two, from the Holy Spirit. So through the Holy Spirit, Jesus and the Father can talk to you and give you counsel. Amen. You need counsel. What to do? Did you know that in uh, legal terms, this is a legal term, counselor. It's, um, it's what is sometimes in different courts used to address an attorney. He'll say counselor. Why is he called counselor? Because he's counseling his client on what the law says for them, either if they're the plaintiff or the defendant in a case or some legal matter, you get counsel from a counselor. Well, praise God, we have a counselor that is uh, the counselor of counselors. Amen? And so if you need counseling, yes, thank God for Christian counseling. Thank God for, uh, for those things. Amen? But even that... Uh, it has to be by the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's certain things that we know naturally about people and how to help them. But, uh, this is something you can take home today. Amen is what I'm trying to preach. So, counselor, he's your counselor. I need to know what to do about this job. I need to know what to do about this relationship. I need to know what to do about this property to sell it or to buy it. I need to know what to do about this automobile. Do I keep it another year or do I sell it? Is it, the Lord knows? How many knows? The Lord knows what's going to happen with that car. The Lord knows what's going to be. And sometimes you'll have something and you'll feel like, you know, I think I need to sell this. I think I need to get rid of this uh, for some reason. Well, not that you pawn it off on somebody else's problem, but you know, uh, it's fair, <laughs> fair game, right? You buy things, you sell things, but the Holy Spirit will help you in buying and selling. The Holy Spirit will help you in, in investing so you, you won't make, uh, uh, mistakes. Amen. And so nobody's a hundred percent. Don't, if you've made a mistake, don't beat yourself up and go into the plunk because then we have to ca- cancel that out of you or cast it out or whatever. But, uh, never take preaching as something to condemn yourself with. It, it can be a corrector. Amen. I like the word correction better than condemnation. Romans 8 says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? And uh, and so it's not about co- condemnation or, yeah, man, I really blew it. It's not about that. It's about listening and saying, well, praise God, you know, there's always a next time. Let he that's never made a mistake be the first in the altar call for the liar's club. 
because you're lying if you say you've never made a mistake. You're lying if you say you've never done something separate than what you were led to do. We've all been there. And you think, well, it cost me so much money. Well, the Lord can restore that. Just get over it. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord knows where the money is. He knows how to get it to you. Just stop already with whining about it. But he is our counselor, and he will keep us. You know, sometimes you're about to do business with somebody, and and you'll just have this feeling that I'm not supposed to be in business with this person. Say, well, we're not unequally yoked. They're a Christian. They speak in tongues louder than me or whatever. (laughs) So what? The Lord knows everything. The Lord knows people's character. He knows all kinds of stuff, right? I've had people mad at me because I wouldn't invest with them. You ever had somebody like that? Mad. Well, this is a good deal. You're going to miss out. And I say, okay, well, probably okay, but I'm going to follow my spirit. Amen. And if you follow your spirit, in other words, let him be what this name is, counselor. Amen. Is this okay Christmas message here today? It's it's the Christmas passage. We've got Christmas banners with it on the wall. The mighty God. He's mighty. He's mightier than your demons and devils and problems and freakazoids that come at you. He's the mighty God. Not the weak God, not the timid God, the mighty God. We need mighty God behind us. The everlasting Father. You know what that means? He'll never stop being your Father. You can't, you haven't come up with the sin bad enough and ugly enough to run Him off. Amen? He will stay with you through thick and thin. The older I get, the more it's thick than thin. But anyway, praise God. He'll stick with you. Amen? Um, the Prince of Peace. Wow, praise God. How many want peace, need peace, crave peace, want a peaceful situation? And you got all these peace robbers that try to come around. But we've got the Prince of Peace. That is our Savior, that is our Lord, that sticks closer than a brother, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Amen? And he is, we don't just have peace, we have the Prince of Peace. That means he's in charge of all the peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So if you're on Facebook and you're reading preachers who are prophesying the horrible end of the church and how it's all going to go down the tubes and, you know, and some this party or that party is going to ruin everything. You need to stop believing that because the Bible says of 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 his government, of of his kingdom and peace, there shall be no end. I'd just rather live in that. Amen. Listen, news media, they're all liars. Uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or whatever, but I am telling you that somebody is telling them what to say because eventually they both all say the same thing. And it doesn't matter. And people that say, well, Fox News is the anointed holy uh, news outlet are crazy. Those people in New York could cuss you out as fast as anybody in Atlanta at CNN. So get over it. You know, just stop trying to create some kind of 
Christian Disneyland here with with uh, everything being, oh, that's the only way to think or whatever. It's ridiculous. And so we can get some information, amen, from news, but you need to about cut it in half. And everything they predict that's going to happen doesn't. And, and oh, I mean, it's the fear, it's the fear machine. I, I realized that this last week, I don't even think I watched news once. And I think I'm happier not even knowing anything. Just let the ignorant remain ignorant. Ignorance can be bliss sometimes. And if you're watching it and you're getting all, turn it off. <laughs> Amen. And if you can't turn it off, unplug it. And if you can't unplug it, put it in the trash. I don't know. Are you listening? Well, brother, David, I think we need to be informed. Well, yeah, I agree we should be informed, but not if it's costing us our peace. If you can't handle it, then don't handle it. Is this helping anybody? I'm just tired of gloom and doom and fear trying to rule the day. The devil is a liar, liar, pants on fire. And a friar. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, you know, my, one of my favorite news commentators, I caught him in an absolute bald-faced lie, uh, that, you know, that was being reported. And some of you remember I talked about that the day it happened. But, uh, I just thought, you have got kidding me. You know, you're just making up stuff to be sensational. Has anybody ever remember, uh, understanding the newspaper business, you know? They say that the the blood and the gore is what sells the papers. They might not even be, you know, the accident that happened at the corner or whatever might not even be the most important thing that happened that day. The most important thing might be on page six of the New York Post <laughs> or something. That's a joke. Page six is the gossip area. Okay. I'm just, I'm trying to be funny. It's not working. I gotta get new writers, man. You know, my material is falling apart here. How many know what I'm talking about though? You know, you, you, that, how many agree that the, the news media is a sensational entertainment industry by now? Yeah. I can prove it. Even if something truly happens, like a hurricane or an earthquake, they play ominous music while they're reporting it. Why do we need music? Dramatizing it. You know, Frankenstein's coming out of the back, you know. That's entertainment. That's, that's, that's editing. And they've hired some musicians to come up with some of these jingles and tunes to sensationalize the story. Just, how about just like Dragnet? The guy said, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. How about just give us the facts and let us decide? But they don't. Also, it doesn't sensationalize, and they're competing with everybody. I didn't mean to get off in the weeds on this, but I'm just telling you, we have the Prince of Peace, and we need to listen to him. And you can watch the news and ask the Holy Spirit to help you discern between what's real and what's not. All right, that went over big.
I love this, though. The increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Hallelujah. As long as the church is in the earth, we are the salt of the earth, and we are, we are preserving this planet. It's not getting carbon uh, footprint credits that's saving the planet. It's, the, it's faith in God that's saving the planet. I'm all for conservation. Please don't come to me at the end and preach to me about Earth Day. But I'm just telling you that um, the Bible says, of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. Amen. Woo! How long? Is that long enough for your life, you think? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I love that last statement right there. The zeal from who? Christians? No. March on Washington Day? No. <laughs> Amen? Um Christian this and Christian that. No, the zeal of the Lord himself. How many believe God's zeal is more zealous than ours? <laughs> How many believe God's zeal is more powerful? How many believe God, if God is zealous about it and excited about it and pumped about it, it's going to happen? Wow. Isn't that neat that God can have zeal? Isn't that wonderful? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform all that. Amen. Oh, I want to embrace that. I want all that God wants to perform in me and in my life and, and, uh, and, and in, in my family and in my church and my ministry. I want, I want the zeal of the Lord performing. And I'll just get in lockstep with that and we'll just have a big old time, as they say. Amen. Praise God. And we'll have testimonies week after week after week after week, testimonies of the goodness of God. The song we were singing, it, it, I, I've lived my life in the goodness of God, and I intend to continue. How about you? Amen. All right, that's enough preaching. Let's lift our hands and thank God for all these names of Jesus. Thank Him for His vir uh, the virgin birth. Thank you, Lord, for all these wonderful stories and words in the Bible that put us over. We thank you that Jesus is Lord and the devil's defeated and under our feet. Lord, we give you glory and honor and praise and magnify your name above every other name in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray now for you, uh, especially those on the Internet. If you're watching, I'm going to pray for you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your healing touch today. Um, if, if you have an area of your body that needs healing, put your hand where you're suffering. Put your hand where there's a, a problem. And I'm going to speak to that. In the name of Jesus, I command all sickness and all disease to leave the people. Right now, I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and other diseases to dry up and to leave their bodies in Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Lord, for every kind of system, glandular systems and and other systems, Lord, in the body to to be healed, circulation uh, issues, digestive issues, other issues. In Jesus' name, muscular, nerves, uh, any kind of uh, connective tissue, things that need to be changed. In Jesus' name, today, be healed, be whole. Hallelujah. Be strengthened. Those that are suffering in, in their mental capacities, in the name of Jesus, we come against dementia, against Alzheimer's, against all kinds of of uh, of, of, of debilitating things, uh, depression, fear. In Jesus' name, go from the people. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your healing, miracle, delivering power today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now let's lift our hands and thank God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The name of Jesus is higher than all names. Just name a sickness or any problem. At the mention of His name, they bow, they fall. The name of Jesus is higher than them all. The name of Jesus is higher than all names. Just name a sickness or any problem. At the mention of that name, they bow, they fall. The name of Jesus is higher than them all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to remember that. Amen. All right. God bless you. You may be dismissed. We'll see you Wednesday night and next week, Sunday.